Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Rule 72T distributions. And a Rule 72T distribution, for those of you who don't know, is just a way that you can take money out of qualified retirement plans before the age of 59 and a half without paying the 10% early withdrawal penalty. Also, a quick side note, you may have heard it by now, but pretty nasally and congested right now. My family and I, we all came down with COVID a few days ago feeling much better, but still sounding a little different. So sorry for the change in sound today, but the show will go on and we will get through this episode and learn all about Rule 72 T distributions and when they may be appropriate and the planning points that you may need to consider. So this episode is prompted by a listener question. And this question comes from Mike. Mike says this, first of all, I really love your podcast. I really appreciate your time and efforts putting it all together. I'm retiring at age 55. Currently, we're a married couple, age 48 and 49. I'm entitled to a pension and rental income that would bring in a total of $36,000 per year. Our current annual spending is $82,000 per year. We're planning to use our 401k to supplement the difference. We have cash available as well at $100,000. We understand that we have to leave our employment on or after we turn 55 years old. My 401k currently consists of traditional 401k with $550,000, in Roth 401k with 250,000. The question is, can I direct transfer or rollover just the Roth 401k to my Roth brokerage account and leave the traditional 401k to tap into at age 55? Also, should I have to use the rule 72 T distribution? Thank you, Mike. Okay. Well, Mike, thank you very much for that question. Let's go through it. There's a few different components to this. And the, the first thing I want to note is you would not actually have to use a 72T distribution in this case. I know that this episode is about them, so I'm going to walk through when would the 72T distribution be appropriate and how would you use it. But really, you want to use a 72T distribution if you need access to qualified retirement plans or qualified retirement money before the age at which you can withdraw penalty-free. So 59 and a half is the age at which you can typically draw from if it's a retirement account without paying the 10% early withdrawal penalty. The exception to that is if you leave your employer the year in which you turn 55, any qualified retirement plan balances you have there, you can draw from and avoid the 10% early withdrawal penalty. You still pay taxes, but you can still access that money without the 10% early withdrawal penalty. So right off the bat, the first thing to note here is Mike, in his particular situation, wouldn't need the Rule 72T distribution. Now, he he could certainly do it, but when you do it, it kind of locks you into something and you lose some flexibility, so you probably want to avoid it if you don't have to. What Mike could do instead is just draw from that traditional 401k as needed or draw from the cash as needed, which may actually be more advisable, in order to supplement rental income and his pension to be able to meet his annual spending needs. So that's the first part of his question. The second part of his question is, can he roll over just the Roth portion? So he has a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k. Really, it's just one 401k, but two different components of it. Could he roll over the Roth 401k to a Roth IRA 
while leaving the traditional 401k there so that he could access those funds penalty-free because he will be 55 or turning 55 in the year that he retires. To answer the question directly is yes. Now, you, you would need to confirm with your particular 401k administrator, but in most cases, they'd be happy to allow you to keep your 401k balance there, the pre-tax 401k balance. They're looking at that. That's, that is their revenue stream. That is part of the way that they're getting paid. So if you're saying, hey, I have $550,000, can I please leave this there? They're saying, Mike, we'd be more than happy to do so. Now, I can't say that definitively 100% of the time because it will depend on a plan-by-plan basis and confirm with your particular plan administrator. But I would think the overwhelming majority of plans out there would be more than happy to do this. And this makes sense. This fits what you're trying to do. Maybe you want to take the Roth out and move it to a Roth IRA where you have more control, more fund options, maybe fewer costs depending upon what the 401k looks like. And so you can get more control over the Roth balance while at the same time leaving the traditional balance there so that you can access it and not have to pay that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Because even though you can access that money from your 401k without penalty at the age of 55 or later, if you were then to take that money rolled over to a traditional IRA, that goes away. Now all of a sudden you are paying that 10% early distribution penalty, even though before that, while still in the 401k, you would have been able to avoid the 10% early distribution penalty. So to answer the question again directly, Mike, yes, you should be able to do this, but confirm with your plan administrator. Now what I want to do is explore how this would be different if you retired before 55. Let's say that you end up retiring one year earlier or someone else is listening and saying, hey, this is great, but I'm not going to make it quite till 55. Maybe I'm retiring at 54, 53 or 50 or whatever it is, and I need to be able to access funds from my qualified retirement accounts. How do I do that? Well, a 72T distribution is one of the ways in which you could do that. Now, real quick, this is not advisable in every situation. And in fact, there's many situations, a lot of situations where I would advise against this. So just because this strategy is available to everyone, and it means you can access your funds penalty-free before the age of 59 and a half, that does not mean that you should. But let's explore how the rule works. Let's explore some planning points around this, because there are some situations where it certainly does make a lot of sense. So The rule 72T, what it is, is it's a section in the Internal Revenue Code, and it just outlines the process for taking funds out of a qualified retirement account and avoiding that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Here's how it works. You can tap into your retirement funds early with no penalty under rule 72T, but in order to do so, you must take what are called substantially equal periodic payments. You'll see that abbreviated SEPP, substantially equal periodic payments. And you have to do so every single year for five years or until you reach age 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So let's look at an example. Let's assume you implement a 72T distribution and you do so at age 58. Well, you have to do that for five years. So until you reach age 63. So keep in mind, if you're retiring at 58 from a company where you had a 401k, likely makes more sense just to leave the 401k there. But if you retired before then, or if you didn't have a 401k at that company, if you wanted to implement the 72T distribution and you started at 58, you would have to continue doing so for a minimum of five years. Now let's assume you do the same exact thing, but you start at age 52. Well, at age 52, if you only do that for five years, that puts you at age 57. And if you remember, you have to take these payments for either five years 
or until you reach 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So you haven't yet reached 59 and a half in this example, so you would actually have to keep going until 59 and a half. So you see there, that's the time requirement, at least five years, but not earlier than 59 and a half is when you can stop. That's the first part. That's the time requirement. The other part of Rule 72T is the substantially equal periodic payments. So what is the substantially equal periodic payment? Is it an amount that you determine? Can you just choose a random amount and take it out? No, but you do have three different ways you can calculate this payment. And what you can do is you can choose which one works best for you. I'm not going to go through all the details on this particular podcast because there's plenty of online calculators where you can just input your information and it will actually help you understand which one to choose. But there's something called the fixed amortization method. There's something called the fixed annuitization method. There's something called the required minimum distribution method. So these are all just different ways of calculating what the IRS will require that payment to be. And it's based upon the size of your IRA or 401k. It's based upon a few other factors. But you get to choose which of these methods do you want to implement. And what you do is you kind of work backwards to see which one comes up with a payment amount that works best for you. Let's take a look at an example. And I took this example right from Investopedia. And they have a page on substantially equal periodic payments, about 72T distributions. So I'm just reading verbatim from Investopedia's example. They say this. They say, suppose that John is 45 years old. He has $500,000 in a retirement account and wants to start his substantially equal periodic payment withdrawals. For the amortization and annuitization methods, he will use an interest rate of 3.98% and his single life expectancy of 38.8 years. The results are as follows. The amortization method he will need to take out $25,511.57 per year. The annuitization method, he will need to take out $25,227.04 per year. And under the minimum distribution method, he will need to take out $12,886.60 per year. So that is the example. Now, don't, don't worry about understanding what does the interest rate mean? Uh, what does a life expectancy table mean? Those all come from the IRS tables or certain things. And again, the easiest way to do this, if you actually want to see what yours would look like, is use an online calculator. We'll do all this math for you. The bigger thing is, as we're looking at this, you can see that one of these methods, the amortization method in this example, his required distribution was as high as $25,511 in some sense per year versus the minimum distribution method, he has $12,886 and some change per year. So a pretty striking difference, and the reason that's important, is not one method is likely going to give you the exact amount that you actually want to take. So it takes some maneuvering and some finding out to see what is the right method for you so that you can come up with the right amount to take out. In this example, if John happened to need right about $25,000 per year, well, he could choose either the amortization or the annuitization method. It really wouldn't make that big of a difference. The difference is only a couple, a few hundred bucks per year that you'd have to take out. And he would do that. And you do that again for the longer of five years or until age 59 and a half. If he needed less, then he would choose the minimum distribution method. If you only need, say, 10000 per year, well, you want to avoid a method that's going to force you to take out 25000 per year because that's money that you have to take out. You can't stop taking it until it's fully complete under this uh, Rule 72T. Otherwise, you're going to pay penalties on everything you took out if you stop prematurely. So that's kind of a general overview. Now, here's the planning points on this. The distribution 
doesn't have to be based on the value of all your IRAs or the aggregate value of your IRAs. What this does is it gives you flexibility to work backwards into the right solution. Now, if that doesn't make sense, let's look at an example. Let's say that you have one IRA with a million dollars. And let's say you want $30,000 per year from your IRA from a rule 72T. So you're retiring before 59 and a half, all your money's in an IRA, you wanna avoid the penalty, and you'd really like to have 30,000 per year. Let's then assume you go through the online calculators and the minimum amount that you're gonna be required to take out is $50,000 per year. And I'm just making these numbers up, by the way. This isn't to say that if you have a million bucks, 50,000 is what's gonna be required. It's gonna be based upon a number of variables. But you're back to this and you're saying, well, shoot, I only want 30,000 per year and it's gonna force me to take out 50,000 per year, which means I'm starting to drain my portfolio faster than I really would want to, really by $20,000 per year. What can you do? Well, you only want 60% of that. You're required to take out 50,000, but you only want 30,000. So that's 60% of the balance. Well, one thing you could do is work backwards and say, okay, well, can I shrink my beginning portfolio balance to 60%. So a million dollars what I'm starting with, is there a way to drop that to $600,000? Because then if the same percentage requirement comes out for my substantially equal periodic payments, now the required payment will be $30,000 per year. Okay, but I don't want my million dollars just to drop to $600,000. What can I do? Well, you can separate it into two separate IRAs. Can you remove $400,000 into an entirely separate IRA, keeping $600,000 in the current one? So if you started with a million dollars and the required payment is just say 5% to use a nice round number, you're going to be required to take out that $50,000 per year, which is $20,000 more than you want. But if you drop that IRA balance to $600,000 because you push the $400,000 into another IRA, 5% of $600,000 is $30,000 per year, which is exactly what you want. So now what you have is a payout of $30,000 from your smaller IRA balance, what used to be a million dollars, now it's $600,000. And then you have $400,000 in a separate IRA that's continuing to grow for you, and you can have that money continuing to accumulate, and you're not forced to take out more than you really want to. So this is one of the unique planning opportunities with these types of distributions. It's not looking at the aggregate value of all the IRAs or qualified retirement plans that you have. What you can do is work backwards. You can understand what's the percentage that you're going to be required to take out based upon whatever distribution method makes sense for you. And then how do you work backwards in order to understand how much IRA balance or how much retirement balance do you need to start with in order for that distribution percentage equal the dollar amount you want to be taking. So that's one planning point. That's probably one of the bigger ones is how do you strategically implement this in your situation? Another planning point, and really is more of a word of caution, is if you quit or even alter your 72T payments, the IRS will reinstate the 10% penalty retroactively, and you'll pay fees on all the money you collected before age 59 and a half. Meaning, let's say you do this and you retire at 53 And so you're going to have to do this for six and a half years to reach age 59 and a half. Well, if you just do this for five years and you say, okay, you know what? It's been long enough. I'm going to change my distribution amount or I'm going to stop doing this because I want to stop draining my IRA. Well, now the IRS is going to retroactively go back and say, you owe a 10% penalty on all the money you took out because you violated the rules of how this is supposed to work. And so because we gave you a pass on having to pay that 10% early distribution penalty, because you were supposed to be implementing the 72T payments, 
Now we take that pass back or we revoke that pass and we're going to retroactively charge that 10% penalty. So if you're going to do this, make sure you don't stop taking these payments too early and also make sure you don't alter these payments. This is another reason it's very important to do a lot of planning on the front end because you don't want to ballpark how much you think you might need. You don't want to ballpark and say, oh, I think I need 20,000 or I think I need 30,000. You better be really sure because on the one hand, you don't want to take too much out because then you're draining your portfolio too quickly. But on the other hand, you don't want to take too little out because if you then need to modify this, and there are ways around this and some planning points, but if you modify this, then retroactively, you're going to have a 10% penalty on all the distributions you took. So keep that in mind. Another planning point, keep in mind that all withdrawals still count as taxable income. Sometimes people hear this and they say, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Why doesn't everyone do this? Well, it's still all taxable. You're just avoiding the 10% penalty. So with this, with this all being taxable income, just understand what's that going to do to your tax bracket and does this make sense considering the other income options that you have. Another thing to note, and really one of the biggest risks of this strategy is you just run the risk of depleting your retirement accounts too early. If all of your money's in this account and you, you know look at any withdrawal rates, whether it's the rule of 4% or taking 5% or 5.5% out of your portfolio, whatever the amount is, those are typically withdrawals that are starting maybe in your early, mid, even late 60s. Depending on when you start these 72T distributions, you're starting these distributions a lot sooner. And so what you run the risk of is starting to deplete these retirement accounts too soon, especially because when you're starting a distribution, say at 65 or 70 or whatever it is, a lot of times you have social security or maybe another income source to supplement some of your income needs. So your IRA distribution is just stacking on top of that. So a lesser amount is needed from your IRA or your retirement plan because a good portion is coming from another income source. Well, if you're retiring, say at 52 and implementing this distribution, you're probably taking more out of your account because you don't have social security yet, or you maybe don't have pension yet. This isn't the case for everyone. You may have rental income. You may have a pension like Mike who asked this question does, but if not, you're starting to take out too much of your portfolio too early. And I've seen situations where, yes, this is a good way to get access to funds early, but then it's kind of opening up a huge amount of risk on the back end if you don't have enough money to be okay for the rest of your life. So that that is one of the bigger risks. And then another really significant planning point is you can't add or remove funds from your IRA while a 72T payment is in place. So think of it as your account being frozen until all of your payments are made. You can, of course, take your payments. You can do what you need in the account but you're not adding funds, you're not removing funds, you're not doing different things, the fund or the account has to stay as is. So those are a lot of the planning points around it. At the end of the day, when does this make sense? Well, I, I think the first thing I'll say is when you have a plan, do not do a 72T distribution if you don't have an overall plan that shows where's income and income from, not just early on in retirement, but forever, because one of the risks is great, you have access to these accounts early, but then you deplete them too soon. So that's the biggest thing is make sure you have a plan, then it might make sense to implement this. And another time is maybe when all of your money is in pre-tax accounts. So if you have a lot of money in cash or a brokerage account or elsewhere, a lot of times it makes sense to tap into that first so that this money can continue growing tax deferred. And also because maybe this is when you want to implement Roth conversions. So if you're sitting on a bunch of cash or if you're sitting on a brokerage account, 
maybe a 72T distribution is not the best thing to do because you're going to start paying taxes on that money now. Maybe you do want to pay taxes, but instead of paying taxes because of a distribution, do you do Roth conversions instead and start shifting these funds into Roth IRAs so the tax-free growth can continue happening and in the meantime, you're living on cash or your brokerage accounts? So if you have other assets, a lot of times it makes sense not to implement the 72T distribution because it might make sense to pull from other accounts first. But if all of your money is in a pre-tax retirement account, that's maybe where you want to consider it. And ideally doing some of that strategic planning of do you separate your retirement plan into two separate IRAs or two separate pre-tax accounts, one of which can support the 72T distribution, the other of which can continue to grow uninhibited by the distributions you're taking out. Another case in which it makes sense is I've seen people, they've come to me before, and they maybe have a really nice pension coming in at 65, and then they'll also have social security, or they'll also have some other income source. But what they have now is they've got a chunk of money in their IRA, and they want to retire early. So maybe they are at age 50, and they just need to get to age 65, because at 65, they've got a pension and social security, maybe rental income or something, and all their needs are met once they get there. So they don't need their IRA to last 30, 40 years. They really just need it for those first 15 years, at least the majority of it, to get them from early retirement until the time that those other income sources kick in. Well, that could be a good case when a 72T distribution can make sense. And the reason for that is you're just bridging the gap. You're trying to get from early retirement, pre 59 and a half, to 65, whenever those income sources kick in. You're not as concerned about this money lasting for the rest of your life as much as you are having that money last for a relatively short period of time and having access to those funds penalty-free. All right. Well, I think that is all that I have on this today. So thank you for this question, Mike. Always appreciate it. A quick announcement also changed up YouTube a little bit. For those of you that used to like to listen to this on YouTube, this podcast used to be included under the Root Financial Partners channel, which is my company. This is no longer included under that channel. It's under its own separate YouTube page called Ready for Retirement. So I think some people are a little confused of saying, well, where'd it go? Well, it's still there, but we just shifted it to a brand new channel and started reposting those videos there. So you can always access these podcasts there. And you can also access other videos, other information about retirement on the Root Financial Partners channel. So be sure to check those out. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to leave a review, please, if this is enjoyable content. And finally, share this with people that you think could benefit from it. If you're thinking of someone who might be retiring before 59 and a half, shoot them this podcast. Some people don't know this exists or they know a 72T distribution does exist, but miss some of the strategic planning points. So please be sure to share this with anyone who you think might be able to benefit from it. I appreciate you listening as always, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.